Greta Gerwig has been inspiring to me for so many reasons. For one thing, she has incredible verve and vitality and a belief in what's possible. I first met her when she was an actress. I put her on the cover of the first W issue that we ever did, and I've never regretted that decision. She went on to write and direct movies like Frances Ha and The Wonderful Lady Bird. Her new movie, Little Women, is an adaptation of that book, and it takes a completely interesting and different tone than what you might expect. So I'm Greta Gerwig, and this is Five Things. So tell me a person in your life that's been meaningful to you. Um, well, <laughs> I don't know why it's surprising that you just asked me that, Kevin. <laughs> um, but uh, let me, I mean, there's, there's so many people that I, uh, that come to mind. I'm going to be totally the first person that came to mind. And it's a very obvious one. Uh, if, if you're, I guess, following along at home at all, it's, it's Noah. Noah Baumbach is a, in so many ways. And um, I just, I guess it just, it immediately came to mind for so many reasons. Obviously, he's my uh, partner and he's a person I love, but he's also, um, he's my first reader. He's my first watcher. He's brilliant. He's a brilliant writer. He's a brilliant director. He believed in me. Uh, he believed in my, me as a filmmaker, he taught me how to work hard. He taught me how to edit myself, mm. um, both as a writer and as a director. He led by example in terms of his his utterly relentless work ethic. And um, I, I, so much of what I've done and my love of cinema and my, knock wood, my progress as a, as a, director and a writer, I feel so much is tied with what I've, what I've made with him and then also what I've made away from him. That, um, and then on a very basic level, I, I think I want to impress him. So mm. I think that's, Healthy. you know, that's, I always, he's my number one, number one laugh. If I can get, <laughs> if I can get a laugh from him, he doesn't give them out so easily. <laughs> um, but so... Yeah, I mean, for so many things. I mean, those are all professional reasons. What was the first movie you saw by Noah Baumbach? Oh, Kicking and Screaming. Um, I, it was shown to me by a, 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 someone who's still a good friend of mine in college who said, I think, he said, I think you're really going to like this. <laughs> um, and, I, and I did, I did, I really liked it. And then I... Um, I I would read. He wrote Shots and Murmurs in the New Yorker, and uh -huh. so I'd read the, I'd read those, which were really really funny. And um, and I knew he'd co-written uh, West West movies, right. so Life Aquatic. Wes Anderson. And, yeah, Wes Anderson. So that was my first that that was my first experience of of him as a as a writer. And I felt like right away as a writer and a filmmaker, I felt like I under I had some understanding of what he was trying to do and. I think you have a collection. I think if you want to be a writer or filmmaker, you have a collection of people you imitate. Uh -huh. And he was definitely one of them. Interesting. Um, and 
you almost, it's like, you, I, I think it's probably how you learn how to do it. You, they're sort of the way scenes are structured or jokes are structured. You, you find different content, but maybe you do it the same way. And then you see like, can I write like that? Um, I mean, I did that with playwrights all the time. And anyway, as a, as a cinema artist, he was one of the first that I, I, I And saw was the that. first pure collaboration, Francis Ha? Yeah. Well, the first acting, uh, the first time I acted in Greenberg, and that was, I, when I read the script, I had a very distinct impression that I, I, I was like, I didn't write this, but I wish I had written it, and I, part of me feels like I could have, <laughs> even though that doesn't make any sense. And mm-hmm. um, that was, I was jealous of it already. <laughs> Um, That's great. In the best way. And it, it had that thing that I like in playwrights. He, he, he writes casually. It, it's deceptively casual, uh-huh. but it's word for word perfect. All the rhythms are right. And Kenneth Lonergan does that too. Mike Lee does it. And you do um, it. And I try. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. those are people <laughs> I imitate. But I, but I do like that sort of precision uh-huh. in language, and I really respond to it. And um, I just saw it. It made me cry. It, I saw it in my head. That was the other thing. I could really see it almost as a, as a director in a way, even though he was directing it. So... Um, with Mistress America, which yeah. you, which you know is, I think, the most brilliant character practically ever. <laughs> I love that. Movie. I mean, I love that movie. I'm so happy when anybody comes up and says that's their, their they love. It. I watch it uh, over and over again. I watch you I'm in so it glad. over and I'm over so again. It's the most fascinating character. She's delicious. She's delicious. And yet you love her, even though she's a nightmare. Yeah, she's a nightmare, <laughs> but she's also um, she's so charismatic, she, and she's also fun. So herself in and 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 can't help it. And I, 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 there's something about her lack of savvy around how she presents to other people, which makes her so much of a better person than anyone else there. <laughs> like, I, 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 like, or more tragic. More tragic, <laughs> but also more, you know, more pure. She doesn't know how to sell. And that just, everyone feels like they know how to sell. Mm. And she feels like she could have maybe made it work in 1983, but <laughs> it doesn't work now. But the great thing about it also, and I wonder if this uh, was part of it for you, she's the kind of reason you moved to New York. Yes. She yes. is the definition of the person you moved to New York to become, yeah. to me. Yeah. Like, that was what I wanted to be when I moved to New York. I sure. wanted to be that girl. Right. Or that woman. Yeah. Yeah, she was. I just wonder how you conceived her. Did you know someone like that, or you just had it in the back of your brain? Because the dialogue is so everything she says is so unbelievably fantastic. I uh, we I had and true, so true. She's a combination of a few different, a few different things, based on a few different people I've known. People who completely terrified me when I met them, but I was also obs- <laughs> obsessed with them. But then you, as you get closer to them, right. you see the smoke and mirrors. Yeah. But she initially, we were writing something else, and she was a side character. Mm. And then we just felt like she deserved a whole movie. I, I, wrote, I wrote a whole scene with Noah. It, it was, it, I remember when we found her voice, and then I would you know, kind of start reading it out loud as we were editing. It made us laugh so hard, and we loved her so much that we were like, well, the, this... We've got to do this. And I think it was, we'd been watching Something Wild, uh-huh. um, the Melanie uh-huh. Griffith, and that uh-huh. sort of structure was interesting to us. Uh-huh. And you had to have a character that was 
freewheeling in that way. And, um, and could go dark. And could go dark, yeah. Yeah, because um, that gets very dark, something wild. Oh, yeah, really dark. But also it's, it's like the version... I don't, I don't want to say this word because I hate it, but um, <laughs> I will because I'm so tired. <laughs> My self-editing isn't great. Um, it, it, it's The 80s equivalent of like what we would say is a manic pixie dream girl uh-huh. is a nightmare. Yeah. It, 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 like she, she has, there's something wrong. Like desperately seeking Susan, something wild. Like it's not... It's cute. No. And I think that that edge of danger, uh, After Hours, uh-huh. Roseanne Arquette, uh-huh. you know, those characters, it felt like in the 80s, it, it, it walked the line. Walked the line. And I think we lost that somehow in the 90s and early 2000s. We, we decided we liked all the fun, go live life aspects of right. that character, but we didn't want her to actually get us into a terrible situation. No consequences. Um, yeah. And we wanted to sort of revive the it's, it's slight, that slight dark side of it, that, that thing that just is desperate, that desperation. Yeah, that gaping maw of need that can never be filled. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now okay, we'll go yeah. to a place. Yes, yes. What place has had resonance for you? Well, Big Sur. Really? I thought you were going to say Sacramento. But, yeah, I know. Well, of course, of course. But yeah. Big Sur is a place that's, it, 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 to me, it's like Brigadoon. When, when I was growing up, I, we had family down in Southern California, down in uh, San Diego and Riverside. And so we drive down, well, we drive down mostly like Highway 5, you know, between mm-hmm. Sacramento mm-hmm. And, and, and all the way down. And mm-hmm. that long stretch of... I've done it. Oh, yeah. Hot. Just in and the... Cows and yeah, the oil snow. fields. And, hot, hot, always hot. Yeah. And my grandfather had, was from Riverside and he, you know, dug in those fields. Mm. And he, you know, it, we're very, we're a California family in the sense that all the reasons you'd move here for dust bowl reasons, <laughs> farming was better here. It's like very, like the the what I think the kind of history of California is, which is so new in mm-hmm. some ways. But um, I remember there was one trip, and I don't remember how old I was when, uh, maybe five, six, that we for some reason we were driving down Highway One, and we stopped at the Pinthi, the fire pit, uh-huh. and um, I went to the Wayfarers Chapel, which is a glass chapel, and I like all, well, not all, but. But a certain kind of little girl spent a lot of time planning my wedding in my mind. <laughs> you know, there was, and so I was like, in my mind for a very long time, I would wanted to get married at the Wayfarers Chapel in Big Sur with a tap dancing chorus of men in tuxedos. I don't know what I was thinking, but I, that was like so clear. I was like, it'll be wonderful. We'll be in this glass chapel. <laughs> and then all these top dancing men will come in. I don't know. It was what I wanted. <laughs> anyway. Um, and still? Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't want that? <laughs> I mean, this is, this is just for me. But um, no, <laughs> but anyway, so so I had this, and I remember it being the most beautiful place on earth. Mm-hmm. And then I went back again in my 20s, and I car camped, and I loved it. And then I went back again. Like, every time I've gone back, it's been significant. And then the last time I went back was actually right after 
all of the hoopla and the excitement and the Academy Awards I went to for Lady Bird, the next day I packed up the car with all my Little Women research and I went to a cabin in the woods in Big Sur and got real with myself about well, what can I do this? Is, I, I knew I was, I, 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 had a, I had a draft that I liked. I thought I could, I, th- I could wrap my head around it, but I felt like I, I always need to be alone when I, when I imagine myself into a movie. It's almost like, I don't know, making movies is so strange because you have to imagine, you have to imagine and believe in a thing that doesn't exist yet. And you have to know what it is. And then you have to get everyone who you're working with to dream the same dream you are. Right. So that you're all in this imagined reality together. Mm. And I think for me to do that, I need a lot of alone time mm. because I need to, I need to know it. And I, and particularly since it was an adaptation of something that meant so much to me, I felt like I had to commune with Louisa and really get deep with the ghost of Louisa about what she wanted. That sounds so pretentious, but it's just how I need to do it. So I had all her books and journals and, oh, wow. I, and I had all these, I had, I brought my contem- contemporaneous writers, like, you know, trying to work my way through more Thoreau and Emerson and, and then books she liked, like George Eliot, right. which... Um, Middlemarch. Yeah, M- Middlemarch, and also Daniel Deronda. And, I love um, Daniel Deronda. Yeah, and Mill on the Floss. Yes. And actually, no one's... Well, barely anyone's seen the movie yet. There's a, They read... Uh, when Joe is reading to Beth on the beach, she's reading from George Eliot that we could never have earth, loved the earth so well had we had no childhood in it. Mm. So, beautiful. so beautiful. And she loved George Eliot. So it was sort of like, what does she love? What do we do? You know, what, what, how am I going to approach this? And then I, so I spent two weeks in Big Sur with the trees and the, mm. and the, the ocean. And, and in a funny way, it was, you know, it's not, I mean, it's not conquered. It's the... It's West Coast, but I, I I felt like it could kind of give me some connection. And mm-hmm. then I, I read somewhere, um, I still want to do this. There's a monastery in Big Sur. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Pico Ayer goes there every yeah, year. Yeah, he does every year. Yeah, and I, I've always wanted to go there, but I... But he said something, I read something. It's part of the mission. Yeah. Yeah. And he read something. When I was a child, I built it out of sugar cubes. Oh, me too. Not that one, but I built another mission. The San Juan Capistrano. That's a good one to build. Yeah. Out of sugar cubes too? I I can't remember (laughs) if it was out of sugar cubes, but I do remember it took a long time. He probably did um, the better thing, which is build it out of um, popsicle sticks. I was always a little d- dumb about school projects because I was never strategic about them. And my one of my neighbors who went to school with me, who's a best friend of mine, this kid, different Noah, Noah Shapiro. <laughs> anyway, he, I just remember we'd do our homework together and the first time we had state reports. Uh-huh. I picked Maine because I was interested in Maine because Maine was the first state in the union to see the sun. Because it's the most easternmost state. That was like my oh, idea. Interesting. But we had to draw a map of the state, and Noah, Noah was like, "Why didn't you pick a square one, <laughs> you moron? I picked Colorado." <laughs> and I was like, "Nah, you, yeah. 
I'm drawing a coastline. <laughs> you did the right thing. Anyway. Um, I think there's a metaphor in there somewhere. <laughs> so, yes. but uh, So mm-hmm. I, I, whatever I did, it was probably out of interest, and it took a lot longer. But anyway, so Big Sur and then Big Sur recently. I Like, I really, I'm, I've, it's just a beautiful place. And then, I, I don't know. I, I Did you I, end up writing the script there? I rewrote the whole script there. I sort wow. of took it apart and put it back together um, there. So that's my... <sighs> Say the name of your movie. Oh, Little Women. <laughs> it's the Little Women I wrote. I re. I had the whole draft, but I, I yeah, I took it apart, put it back together um, because I can't. It's not. I don't make things that are modular. So um, when I change things, I, I have to take the entire machine apart. Mm. It's not like I can move this over here. It all kind of clicks in a way and. It's very frustrating. I've noticed for when um, the studio wants to give notes <laughs> because they think, probably better because they think, "Oh, can you just do this?" And I'm like, "Well, no, I can't because of this." And they're like, "Ah!" And I'm like, "Ah, oh, I got you guys. Now you're in my crazy labyrinth mind." <laughs> but um, anyway, so that that was where I think the movie you see now is that. And I heard in my mind because I Sersha told me she wanted to play Joe. Uh huh. In a very Joe move, uh-huh. she said, I, I'll be playing Joe. And I'd say, oh, my God. Okay, great. She's, she knows. Um, but, well, she's uh, perfect. She's perfect. Perfect. But I had heard in my mind, to, to, the, the, there's a speech she gives about um, women's that, women, they have minds as well as just hearts, ambition and talent as well as just beauty. And I'm sick of being told that love is all a woman is fit for, but I'm so lonely. I heard Sersha say it in my mind, and I started crying mm alone in this cabin in the woods and then when we were on set she said it exactly the way I'd heard it in my head mm-hmm. and it's one of those creepy things about making art especially making a communal art like a film which is you know there's Louisa May Alcott who wrote Little Women then there's me that's adapting it then there's Sersha who's playing Joe but also playing Louisa and then we're all in some shared reality that transcends 150 years and space and time. It, it's, it's odd. And anyway, Big Sur, I feel like, gave me the magic. There is that parlor game, which I always think is good, but in your case, it's so obvious, about which one of little women are you. But you're definitely Joe, so we don't even have to have that conversation. Although, <laughs> I, but I feel like I find myself in different parts of each of them. Yeah, well, except yeah. for you're not Beth, really. Well, Beth's weirdness, yes. Yeah. I think people forget how weird Beth is. A and also, of, she's also, in one way you're like her, because, and so am I, she goes over to the house and plays the piano. She does. Yeah. She does. She shows the initiative to be, yeah. you know, everyone's afraid to go over there. She, 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 sedu- she and not sexually, but she emotionally seduces the gentleman of the house. Yeah. Because everyone, everyone in the book is very scared of, and in your movie, he's less terrifying. He's but, less yeah. terrifying. Yeah. But, yeah, he's, um, she's, she's also... I, I love there's, you know, she's we, spunky. We, we gave her, we gave her, Eliza and I had always talked about her, Beth as being also genuinely peculiar, uh-huh. which all comes from the book. And uh-huh. it, it, it's always been satisfying. Like we, we have her feeding her doll, uh-huh. like, which is really <laughs> weird. And it made me so satisfied the first time I watched it with an audience and it got a big laugh. And I'm yeah. like, oh, good. They see it. They yeah. see how strange she is. Yeah. Because in the book, which, you know, there's so many wonderful incidents in the book and you don't have time to do every single one of them although I would have loved to but she has this part where she 
she accidentally kills her bird, Pip. Yes. And then tries to revive him in yes. the oven. And then they have this like weird funeral. Yeah, and yeah. it's so odd. And it's but it's great. Yeah. And um I just I feel like the weirdness of Beth had never been totally explored. And that's why we give her the line when Meg says, and Meg, or she says, Beth, what's your favorite eye color? And she says, purple. Um, <laughs> but I just wanted her to say things like that. It didn't end up working in the cut, but I also had Eliza <laughs> scream uncontrollably <laughs> when Lori jumped out of the um, out of the clothes rack, and um, we had her do a few other th- other things. And Eliza was so good at tapping into the strangeness of her, uh-huh. and so so that part of it, that kind of slightly in their own world, c- peculiar. I identify with that in terms of in terms of Beth. But you're still Joe. But I'm still Joe. I'm still Joe. Yeah. You're still Joe's Joe. My, Joe's my lady. Joe's your other, la- other yeah. self. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So what is a thing that has had a huge, made a, you know, like something that in your life has had an imp- made an impression on you? Or, or a totemic thing that you keep with you or a lucky charm or a piece of art that you saw that changed the trajectory of your life. Yeah. Uh, it could be dance. You're always really good yes. at talking about dance, too. No, I know. Um, and dance was huge for you. The fact that you're a dancer, I think, has really affected so many things. Well, yeah, dance is... Dance is I mean, is, the fact that you went men tap dancing at your wedding know, so weird. says it right there. I know. Um, <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it's a very Well, because one time I asked you who you had a crush on in movies, and I loved your answer. Will you mm. remember your answer? John Wayne. John Wayne, because of how yes. he walks. Yes, because yeah. of how he walks. That's yeah. a dance response. Yeah, I mean, I was, and the reason you love Jurgen, why? Because you put your head, your yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I yeah. know. I remember that so well because also Ed, Edward was the yeah stylist, stylist yeah. fashion director, and um, he said something so At, nice you. and so great. He put me in this sparkly little onesie yeah. thing. And I never, because I'm not a size zero, and you know, you never totally know if you feel comfortable. You looked amazing. And he said, "I love your body," but in a nice way. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, "Oh, do you?" The pictures are amazing. I love it. I love. It. He just had this way. Yeah, of, um, Edward's the best. There's no one like Edward. I would say, um, for me, well, this is a combination, and I'm not the only person to think this, but this is the sort of the intersection, I guess, of, of dancing and. Um, film singing in the rain mm. that's yeah. that's I, I, do you remember how old you were when you saw it young like six seven yeah i think it was my first first time i ever wanted to really live inside of a movie mm-hmm. and um i think you don't forget that i think i don't know i wanted to come out of a cake too I, yes <laughs> yes she comes out of a cake yeah. and the whole i mean and also i loved gene kelly's face so much and everything about i wanted to be gene kelly kind of uh-huh. i uh-huh. mean yeah in my i couldn't imagine anyone more handsome and more wonderful and, and he I, could dance oh kid he could dance and he could sing and he was boyish without being a boy mm-hmm. he's pretty masculine yeah, and it's not it, like a stare where uh, it's like kind no. of not sexual. Well, I never a stare was. I love a stare, I stare and I love yeah. the. Um, I'm very. I I'm so impressed stare. by a stare. He's sort of staggering as a dancer, and and the how he shot those routines and what he did. But 
but I loved Gene Kelly. Like I, <laughs> and, and really I wanted to be Gene Kelly. And, and that movie, because it's about movies, um, mm-hmm. but it's also dancing and singing and movies and, and it's this relationship. The, the other Gene Kelly movie, maybe I, I'm just saying the object of Gene Kelly <laughs> movies was um, American in Paris. The whole room he has at the beginning, the sequence where he folds up the Murphy bed and the toast and the whole thing, that... I continue to love small spaces, but Gene Kelly as auteur, really, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. so huge for me. It combined everything I was interested in. I think I assume everybody watches the movies and wants to live inside them, but I think if you feel that in, in, as strongly as I did, maybe that's when you... That's why you want to work in them. Right. You you want to find a way to get inside. Um, right. And of course, the tragedy is you never really do. <laughs> but you. But you. But you know you're. It's as close as you can get. But I, the the singing in the rain. I think. And it's a wonderful thing to think that you're affecting people the way you were affected. I hope so. You I are so. definitely. There's a I, whole generation of people who want to be, Francis Ha. Yeah, and it's. I, that's very nice. Um, I, <laughs> I don't think, know if they want to be. I can't remember her name in Mistress. What's her name in Mistress America? Uh, Brooke. Brooke. <laughs> Brooke. Brooke. And then um, when Tracy writes about her, she calls her Meadow. Uh. <laughs> we, we're like just another. I don't know that everyone wants to yeah. be Brooke, but maybe. 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 Yeah. Uh, On no. certain days, not every day. Well, one thing. It's exhausting to be Brooke every day. It's exhausting. Yes. One thing, definitely, though, with little women that we do. As I remember saying to everyone, the cinematographer, Yorick, and then uh, Jess Goncher, who did the production design, and Jacqueline Duran, who did the costumes, uh, and, you know, the discussions with, with the grip and the gaffer and everyone, I said, I kept saying, I, I want people to want to live inside of it and also eat it. Mm. Um, that was a combination. And that's, that's how I felt about those, those Gene Kelly's mu- musicals. And, and, and so I think I was trying to tap into that thing. And I don't think every movie I'll make will have that quality, but I wanted this one to have it because I think it is for so many women the place that you, it's like discomfort of, of, the, of these sisters. And, and, I, ha- and I, have, I had to re-give it to them in a new package of they want to crawl back inside of it too. But I think there's something else you do that's really brilliant in all of your work, which is you talk about ambition in a very pure and interesting way. Mm. And you talk about ambition for women in a way in Little Women that's really interesting because it's not just about Joe. The movie in many ways, the subtext of the movie for me, and I said this to everyone I've spoken to, is that it's about how a woman transcends their circumstance in different ways whether it's through talent, whether it's through beauty in the case of mm-hmm. Amy, because I, even in the Amy case, I'm fascinated because I love the casting of Florence because in the past, people like Elizabeth Taylor, who are like a born beauty, yes. just sitting there doing nothing, right. is Amy. Right. So with Florence, who's very pretty, but still the idea is, can beauty take me out of here? Can how, it, ha- how does beauty, applied beauty... Yes. become a ticket to another world. Right. And 
that is a fascinating thing in that character. It becomes her arc in a way. Right. She's smarter than she looks, but the smart isn't what gets her there. Right. Well, I mean, the and, all, and, yeah. and, and with all of the characters, whether it's motherhood yeah. or whether mm-hmm. it's, um, you know, obviously Joe is about writing and, and being, you know, outspoken and talented and brilliant. And Beth is strange, I guess. No, no, Beth, <laughs> but, the, the thing is that Beth I wanted to do is that a musician. Like, when she goes and sits in the Lawrence's house and play the, plays the piano, yeah. that I, I wanted you to feel like, oh, God, she, she, of course she could have been someone. Like, right. she's not marked for death. No. And I wanted every single girl to be essentially ambitious and and. And crazy, like uh, right. what we would describe as crazy. Like, but they, even in like all of them, it's it, it's true yeah. in Little Women, of course. But I think it's so fascinating how you amplify the subject matter because that's in the book, but it's not in the book in this way. No, I mean, I I think what I I, I mean, it's did, only really in the book with Joe. Well, no, I mean, he's, I'm, I would make the argument it is definitely in the book with Amy. And, and, and that really, Amy has the biggest in the book has the biggest but the, but the, the, the conversation that, that Amy and Laurie have in the art studio where Amy says I want to be great or nothing that's from the book yeah, she has yeah. an active discussion with yeah. Laurie about how she says I you know I, I don't want to be a commonplace dauber and I don't intend to try anymore which I just I thought it was sort of staggering this conversation she had, yeah. and then she does very clearly say, "I'm going to marry for money," and I don't see why I should feel bad about that. But her giving up art is really interesting, and I think you know I I think what's neat about it is that it's not actually schematic yeah. with the two uh, the yeah. two characters, exactly. which is that yeah. well I think you know Amy kind of is like realizes she goes to Europe, and and in my this is sort of my invention, but like. You know, I, I, she could. She spends time in Italy, which you would see the old masters. You would right. have gone to Rome. You would have gone to Florence. Right. You would have seen, oh, how great it was. And she said, Rome took all the vanity out of me. Right. And, you know, because she would have been idolizing that, that kind of painting. Mm-hmm. But then she goes to Paris. And what I think is interesting in Paris, what's happening in Paris in 1868 Manet is painting. Cezanne is painting. Mm-hmm. They're starting to take apart the canvas and make paint the subject of the painting. Mm-hmm. It is about to blow apart. Mm-hmm. And I, in my imagining of who Amy was, stroke May, uh, May Alcott, mm-hmm. who is the artist's sister, is... She got to Paris and she was like, oh, shit. Mm -hmm. And now they're already destroying the thing Mm -hmm. that I, like, they're they're making what I wanted to do cubist Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. already. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's coming anyway. Mm -hmm. And I just, that kind of analysis of, you know, oh, my God. And what's interesting to me about Joe and Amy, and I've never really gotten into this because I think sometimes when you're speaking in shorter forms, you don't want to get, you don't want to parse these things too closely, but... What's interesting to me is Joe is also being told that she's a hack. Yeah. She writes adventure yeah. stories. Yeah. Under a pseudonym. Yeah. And yeah. people don't like them. Yeah. And she, you know, she's doing it for money. Right. The difference between Joe and Amy may not be talent or anything. It may just be that Joe never gives up. Mm. And Amy mm. decides to cash in the chips. Mm. And that's what's interesting to me. Mm. Is like Fascinating. What fa- what separated them is Joe just kept going. 
and she, she could make an argument. That's what separates everyone. Well, yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe that is. I mean, is, don't you feel you know? like in life what it is is who won't quit? I think a lot of it's... You outlast. You, you outlast. You just keep working. But I think, you know, I was thinking of, you know, when I think of Louisa and, and there's a there's a review, I think it was in The Atlantic, so where Henry James panned her. Yeah. Um, he panned one of her books. And that's what she said. I, I, I could be quoting all this wrong, but I don't think... I, I, I'm getting the outline of it right, but yeah. it, it, that's, that's where her, the thing that she said, I can't afford to starve on praise, yeah. which I gave to Saoirse to say, yeah. came from... Because Henry James is from this high flute and family, he has all this money. He does not He's need. A man. He does not need to write to mm-hmm. save his family, mm-hmm. and Louisa needs to write to save her family. Right, and that's the difference. And and you know she outsold him by you know factor of like a hundred. I mean she 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 blew him out of the water. Now I love Henry James. Henry James is a genius. We don't need yeah. to like worry about yeah. that, but not unlike Joe, Louisa just kept going, mm-hmm. and I think. I think that break between Joe and Amy, and, and, and I always saw Amy as... But I love that you give Amy the line, and maybe it's in the book and I don't remember, mm. where she says something clever and Joe says, you're so wise, Amy, and oh, she yeah. says, I always was wise. You just never noticed. She, does it, she doesn't say exactly that in the book. What she says in the book is, um, I don't pretend to be wise, but I am observant. And you're like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. She sees how the entire game is rigged, mm-hmm. and she's going to bet on this and 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 what she bets on is i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be it's too painful for her to not be the best and joe it's just too painful to not do it right and even if she's not the best and you know people always ask oh what would you do if you couldn't fail I think in a more interesting People question, always ask you that? Oh, no, 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 like <laughs> high school kids or like I to see, inspire, yeah, yeah, you know, they yeah. say, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? Like go after your dreams. But I also think an interesting question is, what would you do if you know you would fail? Like, because, and what's worth it anyway? Right. And, uh, and I think, you know, Louisa, Joe, it's worth it anyway. They just kept going. But I, yeah, it's a, Amy, I wanted her to be something formidable, Against Joe, but in it's an, a fantastic character. You made her a fantastic. And character. And then I'll just do one more thing on it because it's interesting. Yeah. Is but don't uh, you like my analysis? I think I analysis. love your analysis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like for Amy, the one re- one of the reasons I made her such a huge foil is is she she is too in the, in the book. Uh, uh, she's she has she's in the same weight class as Joe. She's just she's just boxing a different game and what I was interested in I, I forget now what scholar did this there's all kinds of interesting gender stuff in it and you know Lori is a is a boy with a girl's name Joe is a girl with a boy's name all all of that kind of interesting childhood pre-gender role stuff is great but also that you know Joe spends the whole book wishing she were a boy, and almost performing masculinity. Right. But Amy is not feminine so much as she's performing femininity. Exactly, yes. Meg's feminine. Yeah. Amy's not. Yeah. Amy's learned that's what you're supposed to do. And that will get me out (laughs) of here. And that will get me out of here. Yeah. So this sort of performance of gender, Amy doesn't need to do this particularly, uh-huh. she does it because it's the most expedient way to get where she's going. Exactly. And I think that that's... But that was a I, fascinating interpretation because yes. I think that 
the classic thing to do is to just cast a straight up, very pretty girl right. and call it a day. Right. You know, she's the pretty one, end of story. Right. And what you did was a billion times more interesting. But I also had Florence, so. But you cast Florence, I darling. I love her. <laughs> I love her too, but that was what you did. Yes, yeah. Well, Somebody sure, else might have cast, it. I don't know, you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> I, anyway, that's my full digression. Yeah. I could talk about Little Women forever. Well, now we have to go to a not-so-happy experience in your life that led to something else. Hmm. Event. Oh, oh. Like a job you didn't get, a yeah. class you didn't get into, a school you didn't get into, or a well, I place you didn't move, or a... I didn't, I mean, again, you just, you don't get to live two lives at once. You only get to do the one, so you don't know how it would have gone. But I didn't get into any, when I was 18 or 17, 18, I didn't get into any um, BFA programs for acting. I wanted to go be an actor. And then when I was 22, I didn't get into any MFA programs for playwriting. <laughs> I've gotten completely rejected by the world of um, academic art making. But I, I was rejected from... You know that you just gave the world so much encouragement right now. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right now I you've hope. made a billion people I feel hope. so much better about themselves. No, I didn't get into UCLA. I, I auditioned for their musical theater program. I didn't get into NYU. I didn't get into Juilliard. I didn't get into anywhere of, of that nature. And then when I was 22, I didn't get into Juilliard, and I didn't get into NYU, and I didn't get into Yale. Um, and I'd wanted to go for playwriting, and I didn't get into any of them. And um, I think... I'd like to think that had I gotten in, it would have just been really nice and I would have had a great time. And, and the, the, you know, essentially, I would have still found a way to, you know, work in the field, my chosen field. But I think the, the good thing that came out of that was... Um, you had to find another way. I had to find another way. And also, it, it was like... You know, is that... Uh, so these people told me I shouldn't do it. Do you believe them? Because if you do, then you shouldn't. You know, it's a tautology in a way. Yeah. But um, but I'm glad I I I kept go I kept going, and then I think it also gave me a very it made me seek a broad education, and 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 it made me try to suck whatever education I could get out of any opportunity I came across. Um, did you and, still audition for things? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I still, and I and I did. You know, I went to Barnard College, which right. was uh, amazing, yeah. and also and in New York, and I and it was in New York, and it also, I, I met wonderful people there, and also what ended up being a leading uh, lady. Uh, but well, <laughs> uh, I was going to say ironic, but I don't think this is a right. This is ironic in the colloquial sense, not in the actual meaning of the word ironic. But one of my my acting teachers, who I loved very much at, at Barnard, and she taught at Barnard Columbia the theater program. Rebecca Guy is is the one of the senior acting teachers at the Juilliard program. Mm. So I ended up getting to work with someone that wouldn't, didn't want me. <laughs> no, no, she's wonderful, and she uh -huh. really helped me. And, but, you know, these things that feel so big at the moment, um, 
They are, they are insofar as you let them be the thing that's the final word. And what was the happy experience? You can't do no again. No, I know. <laughs> I know. I feel like you might have just, um, you know, honestly, this is so cheesy because, or it's, I don't know, cheesy. Yeah, last year at the Oscars, really? I had my friends with me. My friends oh, from Sacramento. Oh, that's so wonderful. Sacramento. No one ever says it's fun. That's oh the best God. thing I've ever heard. My friends from Sacramento, who I've known since I was six, were there. My best friends from college were there. My mom, my dad, Noah. Like, it was actually Your cast. just amazing. And then my cast. And then yeah. the people I made it with. And it was actually just like this glorious night. It was an amazing... You'd won the day before. Yeah. Surprised. I was so surprised. <laughs> the whole thing was surprising. And um, I just, you know, I felt such affection for everyone who, like, I, I mean, you know, Jordan Peele and Guillermo and, and Chris Nolan and P.T. Anderson and, you know, every, everyone in that group, I just, it, it, it was just extraordinary. I just, and, and I really genuinely, sitting in that theater, and I um, I got a text from my best girlfriends who, who watching were all watching home. it, and they were wearing matching outfits, <laughs> which was pretty amazing, and and um, yeah, it was, it was just incredibly moving. The whole thing was um, just great, and yeah, my parents came with me, and my best friend from growing up was, was in the, in the audience, and then a lot of members of the crew managed to get tickets to the Oscars. It was just, it was amazing. And, and we didn't win anything. And it was the best. Did you get nervous when they called out categories? Did you think you'd have to go up there? Because Steven Spielberg told me once that there's no one who doesn't think there's a chance they're going to win when they go down the list. I, and you'd won the day before. I felt like it, I wasn't, and I, but, that, but I did not feel... I was, I was like, that's good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> good, good, good. It just, it was, it, but it was. Maybe better in some uh, ways. But honestly, it's, it's, I just think it's so rare that the thing that's supposed to be a happy moment yeah. is a happy moment. I would um, agree. Like it, it's often, that it looks happy, but there's all this other stuff and, you know, but I, you know, I was going to sit there and <laughs> to hold Noah's hand and. Wear a party you know, dress. My, wear a party dress. My friends were texting me. I felt, I felt great. It was just exciting. Saoirse was a few rows ahead. Her, she was with her mom. I, <laughs> it just felt like a very blessed moment that, uh, that the thing that was supposed to be great was great. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and all those people at Juilliard were like, we made a mistake. I know. I know. They've never <laughs> thought about me again. They've never. Oh, I don't know about that. No one made a mistake. Everybody made the right choice. No, they didn't. But anyway, yeah, it was, it was extraordinary. Um, yeah, and now this year it's going to be a whole other ball game, honey. Whole other thing, but it's been a very. This is also just a very nice time. Also, anytime I get to make a movie, I think I'm. Um, Have you already written the next one? Measure. Or thinking I, about the next one, you've been I a tad bit busy. Anything. Okay. I can't. I have I have ideas. <laughs> I have ideas. I've got I've got a list of things I've got to make. I've got you have a list. Yeah. Oh, really? That's yeah. good. Yeah. How many on the list? I'm not telling you. <laughs> More than 10? Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. You're so organized. Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's gotta, a lot. I don't gotta, think I have a list of 10 things have a, I have to you do. You gotta have a goal. Um, <laughs> I guess so. No. I, I mean, I think if you actually, though, look at, like, if you do the math on, like, okay, if you're lucky, if you get to make movies, 
how many do you get to make? Well, you sound like Quentin. Not that many, yeah. you know? And then, you know, it's just... It, well, Noah defies all that because he works so quickly. He does, uh, yes. I mean, I, Noah's, I, I, Noah's I guess, like Woody I, Allen. Noah's like doing a movie I a guess year. from the outside, that's true, but I, he's so methodical and careful. No, I'm saying this was a compliment. No, no, it is, yeah, it is, but yeah. I mean, like... Because um, this is a great movie. I loved Meyerowitz. I mean, yeah, it's like boom, 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 boom. I know. He's, uh, he, he has an incredible work ethic, but he also does really take his time. He likes taking his time shooting. He likes taking his time writing. It feels like they... Anyway, but yeah. It's true. You don't get to do that many. You don't get to do that it's many. It's not and like I think, music videos. No. And it's like, <laughs> I think also as a fan of anything, whether, you know, it's you're a fan of anything, you, you have the sense of like, I can go home and I can watch all these brilliant movies by all these different people throughout history. And even if I get to keep making movies and even if I, you know, don't completely lose it and start making <laughs> terrible things. That's not um, going to happen. However much you contribute to what the art form of cinema is will be this much, just a little bit. You know, you'll you'll do your sliver on the, the layer, which is both... Um, I think you're a little more than that. But it's a relief in a way, but it's also like, okay, so get down to work. Get down mm. to work. You're going to make the, only this many and, mm. and go go ahead and, and throw your hat in the ring and see and see what happens. So I don't know. I I've got I've got some I've got some ideas and <laughs> we should keep trying to make them. <laughs> well, my vote's free on you. Okay, I'm okay. putting money on you. All right, good. Thank you for listening to W Magazine's Five Things with Me, Lynn Hirschberg. Today's podcast was produced by Cheyenne Asadi and Michael Beckert. Recorded by Destiny Ferrant with post-production by The Hangar Studios. The theme song is sung by Robin Shore and written by Robin Shore and Jacob Faturechi. Special thanks to Sarah Moonvez, Megan Moss, and Milk Studios LA. Subscribe to be the first to hear new episodes of Five Things. And for more from W Magazine, follow us at WMag on Instagram and W Magazine on YouTube, where you can see my screen tests and ASMRs. And Zora, you have to sit down. Ha <laughs> ha